Yo, people, welcome to Brandpreneur, the podcast. This is episode two of The Grind. And today, you know who's at the table. You have me, Matt, aka Sketchy, the lovely Nishil. Nish. Nishalanki. The Nish. The Nishalanki. <laughs> Nishalanki. And Phil Kemish, aka Phil Kemish. So, boys, episode two, um, we're talking about today. Starting a brand with purpose as we start on our journey of grinding and that beautiful word, the hustle, which we are knees deep in at the moment. You know, we're all about the grind. We're, we're in there. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is why we're doing this. And obviously the purpose piece has been a really important narrative to that, which is both us personally finding a purpose, but also translating that into the business that we've started. And Phil, you are going to be the master of this today, seeing as though you've given a talk about starting a brand with purpose. That's correct, Matthew. Master of the ceremonies, Phil. Mas- the MC, what is up? Um, so yeah, we well, we did this together. I think this was, this is either keynote, uh, the first one that we pulled together for this year since leaving, leaving the agency. And <laughs> breaking the mic. Um, Many a late nights. Yeah, we all pull together to. Well, we all pull together to think about if we're going to do a keynote, if we're going to do a talk, if we're going to release something post agency world, what do we want to share with the world? What is that the idea that we wanted to spread? And there was there was an underlying belief I think that ran through the agency and the brands that we've worked on and built, which was this kind of philosophy of marketing with attitude. And when we say attitude, we mean like the changing attitudes and beliefs towards what marketing and a brand should be nowadays. And I think the best brand builders in the world have understood that the consumers have the power and that their values and belief are actually replicated by a great brand. So a brand like Apple, when you watch Steve Jobs 1997, I'm gonna say it, his talk when he came back to Apple after it took a dip and he said, um, you know, it's all about the crazy ones. It's all about heroing the people and understanding that in the world of so much noise, you it's have to cut that through. Not many people have followed on with it. Like when you think of how early that was, and like just follow the blueprint, the most successful brand in the world is it's right there. But it's like for like, it makes complete sense. But in the case of Apple, you go, well, fuck, that's that's that's, that's Apple. Like, how can I contend with a brand like that that does it so? dare I say the word, but kind of effortlessly, right? Yeah. Well, so how do you do it today? Challenge yeah. the status quo. Yeah. You used to tell me off for saying it. Well, not mm. tell me off. I used to get quietened down a lot for saying traditional marketing is dead. I used to scream it from the fucking rooftops. I ended up becoming traditional advertising is dead. Is it traditional? Like, whatever I said, people were like, oh, but it's not. But it kind of is. The mentality of it is, like, you cannot think about things in the traditional way. That was like the one thing that we, we used to say with Disrupt, why we championed influencer marketing early because we were like, don't fucking spend money on banners because there's people with more eyeballs and more attention. Spend money on them. And yeah. that was before people were talking yeah. about influencer well, marketing. We've, right? had the, we've had the biggest shift of marketing probably for the I last 50. the word marketing. Well, the biggest shift in... in attention. In. Uh, attention. Well, actually, I think relationship between a consumer and brand the biggest shift ever happened when social media was invented and the ability that a brand had to have a communication and a two-way relationship between the brand and a person that it never happened didn't, before. they didn't want to trust it me was, <laughs> that was, was a pain in the ass for people traditional marketing <laughs> as you say it and why it's why it's taking a hit this is the first year that traditional marketing has been outspent by digital and social ever. So there's a big shift happening and that is even now in 2019 but this shift has been happening over the course of 25 years 
and it's it's mainly because of the internet and then because of social media you think about when we first started there wasn't we started in almost pre-social we were like the first generation of advertising agencies or marketing agencies that could leverage social media as part of our we were dealing with um website traffic that was going over 50 percent mobile for like the first time like in a year it went from 70 percent desktop traffic to like 49 percent desktop traffic and we were like fuck all our ads are on banners like how do we deal with this oh we got to find a different company to put mobile ads in it was an absolute mess yeah. and i think the thing that we we kind of looked at was like the traditional advertising was about interrupting someone's journey so you'd see it on a billboard or you see it in between an advert on tv it was it was an interruption it wasn't it wasn't something that was embedded or native no. as uh, into your journey and i think the shift really shift went native first for sure and we yeah. kind of championed that with yeah being uh, working as a publisher you know with the website at the time just getting brands to be native like advertorials and all that stuff which actually worked a lot but you know people got so wise to it real quick i mean you talk about today you know straight away if it's an advert and people just turn off so what the hell are you going to do like and people don't even realize that today people are spending money on banners but people are not seeing them it's just crazy like people are still actually spending money on banners some of the retargeting stuff's good and it works because obviously you're in in a journey and if i know i want that bloody made chair and it pops back up i might think about pushing it but for the majority of it like banners and advertising it's just fucking ludicrous that people even spend money on it yeah and i think that was a kind of underlying theory of market of attitude is how do we take the old way of thinking and how do we disrupt it and that was kind of what the agency was about it was about challenging that way of thinking challenging the way people thought about advertising and if it wasn't an interruption anymore how do you make it add value to someone's life how do you make an advert actually want, want make what someone's want to watch it and i think that was all the questions we asked ourselves like okay if people aren't clicking on banners then how about we create a platform where they can learn about how to create music videos and then that brand can then be involved in that story. So it's all about how do you create a brand, I guess, a brand story and how do you build a deeper level of emo emotional connection because ultimately in a world where everything is connected, we're very disconnected from things. I know that's kind of like a juxtaposition. I, but like I hate the way that advertising just starts, the system starts to become gamed, right? People are looking at the way people are not interacting with advertising and they're like, fuck, how do we game the system? So you see all these... Don't skip the ad adverts <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All that bullshit, which is yeah. completely ludicrous, right? Because you have to earn someone's attention. Mm. And for so long, advertising and marketing has been about how do we interrupt someone? How do we shout and tell them something? But the consumers have the power now. They'll ad block the shit out of you. They will not yeah. listen to you. There's they won't take your offer. It's just 600 million people in the world using ad blockers. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The trust at an all-time low with brands. You know, we looked at the Endelman Trust Report. 77% of people don't even care about brands. So in a real pivotal time, because this has got worse and worse. So this is not a, it's just happened in a year. This has been a hundred year journey for advertising from, you know, lying to us about tobacco to interrupting on, you know, adverts in between TV. This has just been a consistent battle in a relationship that's been fundamentally kind of damaged that now I think there is a real opportunity for brands and a real opportunity for marketers and advertisers to look at how to rebuild that relationship. And I think the theory with market of attitude, which what we believe in is this new four P's that you can use to help rebuild that relationship and help to give your brand a real story and a real place within someone's life. And um, they, they kind of answer the one question that we had as an agency, which mm. was, how do you earn someone's attention? It's like, let's not, how do we buy someone's attention? Because that's advertising and marketing. Let's think about how we earn it. So when we were working with our clients, it was what content, what value, how do we entertain them? How do we inform them? How do we inspire them? And that's essentially what we were trying to do as a business and the four P's kind of aligned as a framework to allow us to make sure that you have every chance of succeeding at earning someone's attention. Because this is about the people now, like they're in control. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I and think that's what I loved most about when we were talking about it, which was yeah. those four P's, a new framework versus the old four P's, which was very much about how do you make a successful business from selling a product so as opposed price, to- Price, promotion, yeah, yeah, place. Uh, and then we created a new one. Not Willow. I'm not saying that the old four P's, you can't have a crap product, a really bad price. You just yeah. have to use these P's as a kind of bigger, wider ecosystem. Because like Matt said, the questions we got most asked were, you know, I want to get more attention and how do I win the hearts and minds? Well, it came when we started looking. So when you work with, as an agency, with brands like, you know, Nike or Absolute or some of the bigger brands that, are not based necessarily around directly selling a product. You know, advertising agencies get away with all sorts of shit, right? Backhanded deals, not delivering on things. And we ended up f falling into this middle ground of like brands that wanted to figure out how many pairs of headphones they're selling. And that becomes quite different, right? Because you can go out to influencers, you can spend loads of money on banners. At the end of the day, they're looking going, well, how many headphone sales have we drawn? And we're going, that's 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 the holy grail. So how do we do that? We need to create a funnel of attention that allows us to drive conversion. So when we started looking at things through a more performance lens and actually ended up why we wanted to go into um, working with a, a performance-based agency because we needed, like if that's going to be successful and you're going to do one thing well, you need the right infrastructure to deliver that. And with influencer marketing, it was all becoming about vanity metrics, likes and all that shit. And we were like, no, no, no. We have to go for attention. And I as someone who's been kind of heavily involved in YouTube and understanding how YouTube works and how their algorithms going towards watch time and how all those things are happening, that's the attention. All they care about is attention. Mm -hmm. You can't buy likes. Like that's that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't translate into sales. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. We had this theory where we didn't call it influencer marketing, although everyone was talking about influencer marketing. We had this thing of marketing with influence. Like if you really want to influence human behavior, which is what marketing is, let's just step back. Marketing is about influencing human behavior. Then you really have to understand the fundamentals of how to create a connection. And that's why, you know, we talk a lot about performance and I understand like every brand wants to see an ROI, but a lot of the stuff that 
we did as a business was shifting perception and creating a heart and mind connection, which is very hard to measure. But Real in the long term, it does. It does. That yeah. was the whole thing. It was yeah. about going, do you know what? If you can't measure sales, don't expect sales. Let's invest in brand for two years. That's why we did the rated awards and yeah. things like that with KA, because the attention that they earned and the brand equity over time grew that the attention that they had turned into consideration uh, and yeah. transaction and that's a, a challenger brand like it wasn't a brand with a massive budget going up against the coca-colas the pepsis yeah. the lucas aids like i said when you're working in those kind of brands which are a lot of the area that we had to do is you really have to give them i guess a space to own and a, and something to add value and like creating the rated awards was a real understanding of this market of attitude in theory because you know, you, you had a purpose, you understood the people, you know, you understand their passions and you create a physical event. It's the four P's and we'll delve into each of the P's, but those four P's as a framework is a real, uh, a gra that's a real great case study for me of how it works. It just has to all be so integrated with business and what we're looking at going into, you know, our new businesses, our understanding of marketing has to come through its core but it has to be so intrinsically linked to the success of the business like we're not going to go out and do a load of fancy marketing unless we know the performance side of we're going to be able to drive customers and there's a very fine line between it and it's and it's almost an art and science that needs to be pulled together but you know most brands don't think of it like that they think about the business over no. here and the marketing over well, here I, but I they're think, not i think that was the weird thing about the market of attitude talk was actually we're brand marketers we were brand guys so we we looked at every single marketing campaign like we're building a brand so they're they're completely interlinked which is the thing that like it's hard to explain because we used to go to a brand and say to them do you have a culture doctor do you have like what's your dna we'd have these questions and they'd go what are you talking about it wasn't until we met actually brands like absolute who actually have a very good culture doc a dna doc and i think you pulled up in your latest article like they really understood their purpose and what they where they wanted to add value and what they were fighting for for the for their values and beliefs yeah i think it taught us quite a lot in and that. then there was like lessons we learned from pitching for kind of new challenger businesses right we had this one client that came to us which was car insurance and they had like a they needed two thousand customers for example and we were like okay well your brief is for like a creative ad but the success of your business is about these 2000 customers. We can give you a content funnel and, uh, and a strategy with influencers and content that will get you to 2000. And they went with a, a, a company just to produce a TV ad for them. And it just was bizarre to me, but what came apparent through working with a lot of brands is certain brands just didn't want the truth of the numbers. You know, they'd rather play with a vanity TV advert and go, oh, well, that we had a really nice TV advert and then fail on the numbers somewhere. But actually, the only thing that really matters to sustaining a business is making sure it works. That's why they have to connect. And it's difficult to, to, to use references from like Nikes and Absolute. We did some great stuff with Absolute, but obviously we see no impact on bottle sales. Mm -hmm. That for them is a brand and exercise that, that you know, the, those, those businesses are so complicated in how they work with distribution and stuff that... That's that's the opportunity for a lot of creative agencies to be creative because they're not being tasked in the numbers. But when you come down into the smaller ones, it's very difficult. So, so as you guys look at your own business based on that, how like how do you start a brand with purpose? Where does that start from? Well, I think n right now is firstly solving a problem that we have right. Like as a as a consumer of tech products and our new business going into tech. I can see things within that that, you know, can be changed. 
I can stop myself spending £2,000 up front for a camera or even test the camera, see if that's something that, I want to spend £2,000 so on. That's really key. So Matt's not started from a business problem. He started from, he said, I'm a consumer and my belief is that I should be able to test the camera before I buy it or I should be able to rent a camera or a lens for, for a short amount of time. Why do I have to spend £2,000 and not be able to create what I want to create? And, so and also as a business owner, we, we yeah. leased laptops and it was such a better way for us to be able to get technology. That's a broken system. Like the leasing process was a fucking nightmare. And yeah. it almost made me want to just buy it up front anyway. Yeah. So I or knew you, there was a problem yeah. in that system yeah. as well as just the technology or, side. Or you go to a bright house, just to use an example, you pay a bigger APR. If you any finance company. Yeah, they're paying their lease. Pr- they're, yeah, they're so you're, you're paying a, to buy. a huge 60%, you know, on top of what you would to pay it because you don't have the money up front. So like I said, I think the purpose thing, like when, whenever we drew this out for our clients, it was like, there's like two circles, your brand values and your consumer brand values. And you kind of have to find like something shared in the middle. Yeah. Purposes really have to be shared. If your purpose is different than my purpose, then we're not going to really yeah. be aligned. So I think it's really important that any brand that's starting relooks at this, whether they have their own purpose and whether they just drive that. But I think the problem where most people don't think about is actually what are the customers yeah, I think purpose. we started with people as well. Like obviously, people, yeah. I'm a consumer and the problem related to me, but we've done so much work with influencers and creators and up-and-coming filmmakers and people like that. You know, there's so many people on YouTube creating amazing content and there's so many other people that can't afford to buy the kit to do that. So there's like a, another problem within that, which is giving people the access. And I think if we're going to create, you know, a better tomorrow in terms of, creators if you like then giving them the access to create and it became about access right it didn't come about buying or leasing tech it became about you're defined by what you have access to so how do we open access and you know the longer term vision of the company isn't just about leasing tech it's how do you make everything in the world accessible to everybody how can you change the way we buy experiences or own mm. it or own things and i think the second the secondary point was that we wanted to create something that had a bigger purpose or an impact that would be bigger than on people but on planet and i think that's where we got to the e-waste and we started looking into the research around actually what is the impact of everyone buying loads of technology technology accelerating so people just getting rid of something buying something again sat with a bunch of stuff in a house it getting shipped off to a landfill somewhere and there's a huge impact it's it's i think the second biggest waste produce from technology and also what it takes to build all these equipment and that um, just kind of aligned with the main story, right? I think the people for me was always first. It was about how do we make it easier for people to buy and consume. That has a secondary effect on the planet, which is amazing. And it wasn't really until we looked into the effects of tech, how much is being wasted, that it was like, holy shit, this is really important. But it's the two things together. Like We don't want to be just a company that's like going and planting a tree for every product sold. Like That's bullshit to me. And there's too much of that happening and we spoke to Gary V actually recently about that and we had a really interesting conversation we should probably put that on YouTube and link to that that was really interesting <laughs> but again it's like you know there's the purpose it's about, about the people it's yeah. about how how do we make something that people are going to appreciate because at the end of the day they're the consumers and I think ultimately look we, we got to put hands up and say like we're not sat here like there's profit and there's purpose and they have to balance yeah I want to make some money <laughs> like I'm not yeah I don't think that's like you know as a business builder, or a brand builder like we're not like activists that we're going out and we're going to be you know doing i would love to do beach cleanups and maybe that becomes part of what we do but we're starting this business to create a community of people who are more conscious about what they consume yeah and that's technology to start with but have the freedom to to create 
so freer, so if I, you so like. And I think you use an example of like, we had this debate about Patagonia because I'm reading um, Let, Let My People Go Surfing from the founder of Patagonia. And like, like you said, he didn't start as a purpose-driven brand. He was a climber who cared about nature. And, and then he does now one of the biggest fashion, a billion dollar fashion brand who donates money to environmental issues and charities, but also has a very kind of sustainable, reusable um, uh, theory. But it wasn't started there. You know, that wasn't why he started. So I think, you know, there's a lot of businesses now who have evolved. And then we had this debate around... The, how pa the paradox of purpose is yeah. is an interesting thing, right? And it's there seems to be, like, what I'm really conscious of is the trend of... And when we, when we do marketing with attitude, we don't talk about any of the case studies or the concept of marketing of attitude towards jumping on a trend of being a sustainable business. Yeah. Marketing of attitude is actually a lot more about tapping into people's passions and empowering other people than it is helping the planet. Like it, it, it is fundamentally, and that's what we believe. We want to impact culture, whether that's small cultures, whether that's big cultures, whether that's the planet, it doesn't matter. But you get into this whole thing with um, marketing schemes like Patagonia, and, and they've just done phenomenally well, don't get me wrong, but there becomes the paradox of purpose by which the more your story is about being environmentally friendly, the more it sells which the more impacts the planet negatively. So there becomes this whole paradox and I you don't have to get into it too much, but I think there's a really interesting thing. That's what I want brands to stay away from. Like don't jump on the, I mean, we've seen some really shit stuff recently. We were looking at insurance, right? And <laughs> what was it? It was um, a bottle of water gets given to every person when you buy an insurance policy. And it's like, look, that's just not the way you can't, Marketing of attitudes about it being inbuilt in your DNA. It's about being in your why, not as a fucking afterthought. Yeah. yeah. I think a couple of people have referenced um, as well. One of the talks we did where you mentioned the Simon Sinek um, started Start with why. With why so yeah. I think, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people talking about it. And I think it's a really uh, a, a big subject. But I think it's something that everybody needs to look at. I think even if, you know, from every brand, you've got brands that are brand new, like Tony Chocoloni, who I talk about in the, in the market of attitude, who started from a place of purpose because they realized that a lot of the um, conglomerate kind of chocolate companies had been using slavery or had slave trade as part of their supply chain. So they started a whole business which is based around spreading that story of not using slavery, but also donating money back to help that cause. And they're the biggest chocolate brand in Netherlands. They just come to the UK. So there's brands that are born from purpose. And it's very difficult because that yeah. is a fucking great chocolate bar. Like it tastes amazing, but, and it's like where you've got to get the balance right. Yeah. And I mean, when I first came in, I was like, oh my God, it's just another big mission. Oh, like, let's fucking do that. But actually, when you, when you go to the core and you taste the product, the product's fantastic. And that goes back to why it has to work with the original four piece. You have to have a great product. And then, then the story and that just adds power to it. But, but it needs to be built in as opposed to a bolt on, right? Exactly. And, and so that's many, the point. It feels like it's just, a, it's just like a bolt on so they can have a corporate message they can just put on a website yeah. or use across their socials. And, and marketing of attitude doesn't care. have to be about it always being part of when you first start your no. business. It could just be about going, okay, well, understand who is my consumer? Like, who do I really want to target? Let's Let's forget about reaching a million people. Let's just focus on the 1,000 to 10,000 that are immensely passionate the, or people the, that I can add value to I would say the, the rest the, are fucking bullshit. The, the, the 10%, we have this rule and we, we learned this from music marketing, but it, it massively applies to, to every brand. There's probably, at the moment, there's a stat saying there's 13% of consumers are loyal, which is about, we always said 10, yeah, which is about right. So out of all of your consumers, if you've got 10,000, you're going to have 1,000 people who are hardcore, tell your story, share it, tell their friends. 
maybe focus on them is what we're saying is maybe look at what those guys want from your brand or how you work with them and really hero them. And that's the second P is about understanding people, understanding who your people are and how you can work with them. And it's what Apple have done, right? Because you buy into their ecosystem, they release a new product, they release a pencil, they release uh, earphones, they release a credit card. You buy into the ecosystem and all their products, not just I buy one phone once. You see what I mean? I think that's that's the interesting bit. It's like those core passionate people. I don't think there's any brand that has had advocates and people as immensely passionate queuing outside of stores. Yeah. Like we did when we were doing your keynote, it was like the only one image we need to show for that is a fucking bunch of people camping outside your shop to get the latest phone. Yeah. Like that's unheard of. Like no brands had that level of anticipation for loads of years and the funny thing is when you look at their advertising they don't bang on about their products they don't talk about my our products are better than anyone else's the same as nike never talk about nike never talk about the spec they talk about the people yeah. the hero what the people can do with their products and i think that's something that we really want to do with the new business and how we want to approach the marketing and i think you know for for anyone listening like when we when we're approaching this new brand it, we want to make sure that the market of attitude theory is applied to our own business, which is why we're talking about this, because we have to apply the way that we want to build a brand with what we've learned. And some of this has been learned through what me and Matt have done, but some of this has been learning from some of the greatest brands and the brand builders in the world that we've had the opportunity to work alongside. Yeah, And it might be as simple as just going to creators that don't have good camera equipment or any kit and just going and give them some kit just to create with it's like it can be as simple as that you know and we'll, we'll engineer our story from the ground up from the purpose and you know how we deliver it but it can just be as simple as that and we'll also be sharing i guess the the steps on that and getting some feedback because like i said i think it is a much more um collaborative way that i would like to work with our consumers yeah. i think people having a direct opinion on how you shape your brand from a purpose point of view or from a content point of view is much more more helpful than it ever has been because that relationship is two-way it's not just i'm trying to sell to you it's what do you want let me try and create something for you i think there's some great examples that you've been pulling out recently of brands who are like open forums on their products and their services yeah. and real instant feedback monzo being one what do you want we'll build it and i think like that is the future of of brand building it isn't a two guys sat in a room going we think people want this it's probably people come up with ideas, sharing them and getting feedback and building it. Yeah. Um, it's a deeper connection, isn't it, with your... Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll, de we'll definitely have to open up the forum part, the community part, so people can feedback and give us that insight into what they want and how they want it. So in terms of then, like, takeaways and what people could actually do within their own businesses or anyone that's, like, like going through their own, like, start up and thinking, okay, well, how could I better purpose within my business i've I not mean, really thought about follow it follow right? the four uh, p's philly yeah well i think there's <laughs> yeah. uh, if you just start let's start with one p that the purpose let's look at how you break that down because each p can be broken down and i think we'll go through that in separate episodes but i definitely think purpose-wise you have to look at problem like matt started this conversation by saying as a consumer i saw this problem then the next part was you know how do we solve that problem and how does that have an impact on people and potentially a bigger planet, a planet, a new P, but like, do you know what I mean? So you go through those stages. And like I said, we went through those stages three or four times, didn't we? With yeah, different problems. What do we really want to tackle? Um, and then writing that down. And that's a process. That process took us six months. And also that P becomes something you always go back to, right? Sure so I know having been with you guys for all these months, like you go back to that and go, oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think writing down your own values as founders and what you believe in, like Matt said, like writing those down for your for you as a core 
really helps the business define because the, really the business is the people. Yeah. Yeah, and even just through this process of starting up this business, the one there's only been one thread that has so it's probably on its fourth iteration of the idea now, right? There's only been one thread that's run through it all, which is our connection to the technology. So when we started as a product advisor business, before it went into gadget insurance, like the one thing that has been unanimous through it is our relationship with the technology and how to impact that. And as a founder and as someone that believes in and as a loves passionately about technology it's like that makes sense that's going to keep us going and that for me has been a testament because it's been really hard over the last six months creating ideas around how, how we can change our relationship with technology it's gone through many different things and it's gone round the houses but knowing that we're solving that one problem is keeping us on path to to do it yeah and i think the next thing that we'll do from this and this will be something that we can share with the people is probably writing down the core values and beliefs of the business or of a brand yeah, um, good point. from we'll the founders. That. And I think uh, the founder's letter that we've always wanted to write. So I think when we first started this, we read Google's founder's letter and it's about, you know, organizing the world's information. It was huge. And like when you read back at it now, it's an incredible mission statement to have. It wasn't just small. And I think, you know, uh, we've written like a kind of vision, top line mission statement that's actually been not really changed no. from the very beginning six months ago, even though it's a different business. But I think we'll probably post that on the the medium for the new business and we'll we'll link that in and you'll be able to see how that formulates and manifests. Completely, because I think these manifest. things, I think the thing is as well is like, you might set these out now, they're not set in stone. Like everything in life, it evolves, it transitions. You know, I, we just saw Monzo's re-release of their mission statement to make money work for everybody. That wasn't maybe how they started, but like, you transition it. So we'll put the V1 up. I think it'd be great to get feedback. Maybe we'll put it up with this video um, on the vision and values and, and kind of overarching mission. Yeah. Be great. And Marketing with Attitude, if you want to know a bit more about it, we've got a page on our website where we talk a little bit more about what that is. Phil um, is nearly finished pulling the ebook content together i'm gonna put that out there because he needs to, we'll he needs to done. <laughs> i've done the holding page and the uh and the talk is available you can watch the talk now that'll be on we'll, put, we'll, we'll get stick that on the, on the youtube we'll so you can watch the, the talk but like so. i said the four p's have really been really important to us and they'll be kind of like i, I think market with attitude will be brought up as we go through this and we'll also be talking to people other people about market with attitude we're going to go on a little journey and talk to some of the best people in the world doing marketing and brand building about how they've used the theory of the four P's to build their own brands. So that would be really interesting. And there's an article on the site I just wrote last week about um, Absolute that just touches a little bit more about how their brand values work and how their latest campaign reflects the brand values, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's Marketing with Attitude and that is episode two. I think we Locked can in, in the can. that up. And then next week, we will be back to talk about something different in the journey. Again, not planned that one yet, but there's some interesting things going on that we can bring to the table, I'm sure. Make sure you add us on socials for all the behind the scenes. You get to see Nish's, how he does that haircut. It's pretty hard, but he does get that volume long. somehow. So we'll get that secrets and many more. And still two weeks later, I'm still the only person that's reviewed this on <laughs> iTunes. So make right, sure I'm you subscribe <laughs> to iTunes. And stay locked to the podcast. Peace. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.